1: You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka.
0: everyone, I'm Denise Hanitka and you are listening to episode 109 of On a Mother Level. This episode kicks off a string of episodes that we are going to do that are going to be focusing, really dialing in on women's health in a way that you may not have heard before. So this podcast episode is for you if you are the type of mom who is always trying to do it all but there's not enough hours in the day. Let's say you constantly feel drained and overwhelmed, and it impacts the way you show up for other people. Maybe you just want to have a little more fun in your life, but you always feel like you can't enjoy things. You've tried to be consistent with your healthy eating and your exercise, but then you ruin it. You have one bad day, and it becomes one bad week. You have bad PMS, you hate that time of the month. Maybe you're a mom with little girls in your home who will eventually need better information about how their bodies work. Maybe you feel disconnected from your own body, too disconnected to even share the right information. Maybe you're plagued by the belief that as women we need to suffer and that things need to be hard and that mom life is hard and that we are just stuck in it. On any day, at any time... I feel like I'm one of those people, and so I got a lot out of this conversation with Megan. Megan is a registered nurse. She lives in Canada. She is the mom of four, and she talks about how having a lot of babies in a very short window of time pushed her to find better ways, not of doing things, like it's not about productivity, but a way to make her body feel better As she's trying to do the things that she's already doing. And she does it through what she calls cycle syncing. Basically knowing why you feel bad some days and why you feel good some days. And how you can have more good days than bad ones. And so I begin this episode by asking Megan about the very first thing she does in the morning. Her morning routine and the tips that she has to get your mornings off to a better start.
1: Yeah, a typical routine. Um, I mean, I preach morning routines. It is something that I am so passionate about, and I just believe it is like something that all women need, but especially moms. Like it's critical to our well-being. My morning routine it it does change depending on which phase I'm in in my cycle, but for the most part, I mean, the time that I sort of get started shifts a little bit depending where I'm at. Um, But typically I love waking up at like 5 a.m. I'm just such an early riser. I always have been. And I learned early on when my kids were really little that if I kept using them as an alarm clock, that was just a surefire way to start my day with irritability and blame and, um, anxiousness. So I knew I had to beat them to the clock, which is why I just implemented an early, early morning routine. Um, so I typically get up, I try to stay off social media because once you open that phone, once you like open up your computer, it's like game over, you get sucked in no matter how hard you try not to. So I really just take, um, time for myself, which looks so different. Um, but it's, you know, a combination of doing some yoga first thing, some stretching, maybe a little bit of meditation, journaling, um, getting my planner. I love working in a planner. So getting my day kind of organized and just like getting my intention set. I might make coffee. Um, I might go out for a walk before the kids wake up. Um, it's really, it, it, definitely shifts where I'm at in my cycle because sometimes that feels really uncomfortable to like sit and be still and be quiet and do this like internal work because sometimes I'm like no I want to like dive into my work and I want to create content and you know I want to be a go-getter um, so it really just depends but I really just try to fill my cup and do something for myself that way when my kids you know whatever time may be when they roll out of bed I'm able to greet them with just Compassion and excitement instead of like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me?
0: It's so aspirational to me to not pick up your phone the first thing in the morning. I don't even know how you do that.
1: I don't have it in my room. That's,
0: oh, okay. That
1: is like, key. It wasn't hard for me to implement that, but I think it can be really, really hard because then of course everyone's like, well, it's my alarm. My phone's my alarm. I'm like, well, get yourself a goddamn alarm clock. Like, come on, go to the dollar store and get an alarm clock. But actually you can see it right here with the video, but that circle. So it's a Phillips wake up alarm clock. And this thing I bought like two years ago, it's changed my life and you can customize it to however you want it. So if I want to wake up at five, I have it set so that about 20 minutes before that, it starts to just glow a little bit orange and it gets brighter and brighter and mimics a sunrise so that you start to kind of come out of that deep sleep and you're already like, you know, kind of half awake a little bit and you're like, okay, like I'm slowly like moving around. And then instead of having like a blaring, like beep, beep, beep or music or whatever, I have birds that start chirping so then the birds just, but by the time the birds start chirping, I'm, I'm almost just fully awake. So instead of going from that deep sleep to all of a sudden, like, boom, your alarm's going off, your body just naturally starts to wake up, which just makes you feel a lot more energized and, and ready to go in the morning.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. It looks like a little, like a little globe. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then you can do it cool. at,
1: at nighttime too, if you want to set it so that it starts to set at night to kind of create that nighttime routine too. Like, Oh, it's getting darker. Okay. I got to put my book away. It's time to go to sleep now.
0: Yeah well. Yeah. I like that tip. <laughs> so something that intrigued me off of your Instagram. And so going off of sometimes starting your morning with yoga, you said in a post recently, everything is energy. And I particularly identified with the, um, with the sentiment that like the, the previous Megan would have really rolled your eyes about that mm-hmm. statement. Um, yeah. cause I feel like I'm in that place too, where I'm saying things today that I never would have said two years ago. Um, but everything is energy. What does that mean to you?
1: for me, I really take it to kind of like the, like to our feminine energy and to our female cycle, because everything, everything inside of us is energy. And we really start to embody um, the energies around us for sure. But you know, kind of just, I'm always coming back to our cycle because it's just who we are and we're just cyclical little humans. Um, But our energies sort of shift throughout the month, like week to week, we are constantly shifting and evolving. Um, But we're able to manipulate that energy. We can change that energy. And for so long, I was kind of in victim mode, right? And it really had to do with kind of coming into parenting and having a lot of children really, really quickly. So all of a sudden I went from like not having any children to I had a lot of children and I just took on that energy of I'm overwhelmed, I'm exhausted, they never sleep, they don't listen, they're out of control, they're yelling, they're fighting. And I took all that energy on myself and it was like, okay, wait a second. Like, is that the energy that I want to take on? Because I'm just projecting that onto them. And if we can kind of shift how we want to feel and create like a new energy, which we can, we can decide at any moment to do that. um, That's then the energy I'm going to be putting out. And that's also the energy that kind of is created in our own home too.
0: So your first three kids came in two and a half years. Yes. So that that is zero to 60. <laughs>
1: it is. It is. And I always like to just throw this on top because then it's just it seems almost made up, but it's not. Um, my husband went out West to work on the pipeline. So we're in Canada. So he went to like the West coast um, and started working on the pipeline and he would be gone for three months at a time. And then he would come home for four weeks and then he would be gone again for three months. So I was solo parenting. I was like... I had to just learn very quickly. I'm it for them. I need to pour everything into them and I'll be fine. And I can sleep when I'm dead and I can do it all. I can do it all. And Mm -hmm. I took on that badge of honor basically of like, yep, look at me. I, I can do it all and keep up a home and make dinner every night and bake cookies for the kids. But like really inside, I was like, holy shit. Like I am burning out and spinning out of control.
0: Do you, do you have a moment when you realize like, I've got to do something different? Was there like a trigger for you that felt like, nah, we can't keep doing it this way.
1: I feel like I've had several of those moments. Like since I stepped into parenting, I do remember, and actually I was just listening to a podcast. I forget who it was with, like one of your podcasts and you were, you're always, you were both talking about how it always happens in the car or like in the parking oh, yeah. lot or something. Yeah. Um, and I was, and I was like, Oh, that's so true. Because I do remember like one pivotal moment of, I was driving in the car and I was alone. And, and I just remember, like, I felt just out of control with my parenting and I felt like, God, like, like this should, I feel like this should be more enjoyable than it actually is. Like, I feel like I'm just so reactive and. I just remember pulling over and, and being like, I just, I need to, I need help. Like I need, I don't even know what I need. And then, so I drove to chapters, which I don't know if like, it's like a big bookstore, like a Kohl's or some, you know, they have like Starbucks in there and everything. So I remember going to the bookstore and just like, maybe a book will like, maybe I can find a book. And that was really when I discovered conscious parenting. And I remember sitting in the bookstore, drinking a Starbucks coffee and, being alone, which was so rare. And I remember thinking like, this feels so good. Like this feels so good to be sitting here alone, taking like half an hour to myself. I was probably supposed to be getting groceries or something. And I just, I was like immersed in this book and I was like, Oh my gosh, there actually is another way of parenting. And it doesn't have to feel the way that I'm feeling right now.
0: What is conscious parenting?
1: It really has to do with you. It's it's realizing that it's not your kid's fault. Your kids aren't doing anything wrong. Um, and they are basically like a mirror to what you are experiencing. So yeah. if they're triggering you, it's just because they're showing you where you need to work on yourself. And so, you know, for me, it's about just accepting them for exactly who they are and realizing that they're on their own unique journey. And it's not up to us to be the boss and to control them and to be like, you know, over them and being powerful to discipline and, you know, push them in in this direction. It's really just kind of being along the journey with them. But that takes so much inner work on yourself because- Otherwise we'd all be doing that. Right. Like it's, it's really, it's such uncomfortable work to do. And it's, it takes so much time. It takes a lot of time. It's not something that just flips overnight. And, you know, you, then you start to notice over time, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not yelling as much and I'm not as reactive as I was. And this just feels like a little bit better. I'm actually enjoying them. And I feel like I'm, I'm present with them.
0: That word reactive strikes such a tone with me because I feel like I'm a very reactive parent. And I will say, I think I was parented in a reactive way. I feel like I parent the way I was parented, which is like, "step it now, you know? And that's not to like criticize. It's just, I think it's just the fact of the matter that I respond in a similar way So I think the way my parents responded to me and here I am doing it to my kids. Yeah,
1: and I think a lot of how we show up, especially in the beginning of parenting is a lot to do with how how we were parented. And so it's not necessarily our fault because it's just what's ingrained in us. It's what we know. But I think just realizing and giving ourselves permission that there is a different way and that we we can actually show up for our kids in a way that feels good to us. And it doesn't have to involve like just being so angry and irritable and and reactive because that's how I felt. And and I would use the excuse of like, oh, well, there's so many of them and I'm doing it on my own. And like, they never sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm sleep deprived and I never get time for myself. So but really it's like, gosh, these little souls that I just felt like I was just like, like all the time, just kind of blaming them for how I felt. And it's like, no, no, that's on me. How I feel is on me.
0: Yeah. And so where did then being more in tune with your cycle kind of fit into this like inner work that you were doing and kind of discovering
1: Yeah. It all kind of like overlapped quite a bit because I realized I was so disconnected from myself. Right. And, you know, we can try as hard as we want to be present with our, with our family and with our children and to really um, be showing up as the person that we want to be showing up as. But if we are so disconnected from our own emotions and from just our own thoughts and feelings, well, we're never going to be able to fully connect with the people in our life because we just as humans have become, I think, so disconnected. We're we're just on the hamster wheel. We're go, 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 do, do, do. Sleep is for the week. Um, we can do anything at all times. And you know, as women, we're we're trying to keep up to like a male dominated society and we think that we can do that, but we, we can't, we're so different than men. We are not small versions of men. We are cyclical, cyclical, and we need to realize that we're not even the same version of ourselves week to week, let alone all month long. And, you know, there's so many things that have kind of contributed to that. Even like, you know, you look at um, commercials for like tampons and any feminine products it's you know the girls in her white pants on a roller coaster or she's playing (laughs) soccer and it's like look at you wouldn't even know she has her period and so we've just been always taught like sweep it under the rug it's fine it doesn't matter if you're tired keep going anyways get it done push 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 hustle 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 There will be a time in your life where things will slow down, but it's not right now. And, you know, just go and do all the things because you have to, or else you're going to like, you're a failure basically.
0: Yeah. So any woman, you know, especially if you're listening to this podcast, who's had a baby, you know, the, you know, the basics of the cycle. Okay. We know there's a point in time when we can get pregnant. There's a point in time when your body's getting ready to get pregnant. There's a point in, you know, like we know all those basics, but it seems like that is just like base layer one of what's really happening in our body and mind. Yeah.
1: And we, you know, I was probably going to go through my entire life only knowing that, that there was a time in my life where I could get pregnant and there was a time of the month where I bled and that was all I knew. And that was all I thought I had to know. And the thing is, there is so much more to it and there's so much magic within our cycle. And so women can relate to this and it might be like an aha moment. Like we all have had those times where we feel like we are just on fire. Like we feel so freaking good. We look in the mirror and we're like, "Damn, girl! Like you look good." Um, you know, eating healthy seems easy and effortless, and we're going to the gym and we're busting out the cardio, and it it feels good, and we feel energized, and we're hosting dinner parties and we're saying yes to all the things, and it feels like things are actually coming into our life easy too. Like we're almost magnetic. And then we have those times where it almost feels the complete opposite. We feel low. We feel blah. We feel like we don't even really want to be around anyone, our family included. Like we just kind of want to be alone. We want to chill. Um, the thought of eating as, salad with grilled chicken and quinoa is like, really, I'm going to be starving. Like that's not going to cut it. Um, our cravings are a little more heightened. We really just like, don't want anything to do with our husband. We're not feeling passionate. We're not feeling excited. Like we've all had those times where that happens. And like, even, you know, for me, for me, one thing that became really clear was when it came to like my own health. So I would be like working out and felt like, okay, I'm, I'm going to crush it this time. Like this time I'm going to stick to a plan. I'm going to do this. And it would be going really well. And then all of a sudden I would like quit my workout halfway through it. And I'm like, I just don't have the energy. And then the feeling of like, you suck, Megan, like what is wrong with you? You did it last week, last week, you felt fine. You have no reason to feel low or down in the dumps. Everything's fine in your life. So why do you feel like this? Like, come on, pick yourself up. You're fine. And then same thing with my nutrition. Like, we'd be like, oh my God, like, I'm just, I, all I want is like carbs. And I, like last week I did so good with my healthy eating. And again, you can't stick to anything, Megan. And so like that negative self-talk would just take over. And then I would kind of just like, wait, like, oh, I'll get back to my normal self, like soon enough. And then sure enough, like back to being on fire and feeling good and the excitement's there. And I actually like what I'm doing for my business instead of wanting to quit. And, and I wasn't even aware that that was kind of happening on a regular basis. But if we stop and really assess it, we'll realize that it's just kind of happening, happening constantly.
0: Oh, wow. It's reminding me of all the times when I've been at the gym and you know, your little app tells you that you lifted this much this week. And this week you're not, you're not lifting anything. And you know, I've, I've complained to my husband before, like, why am I not getting stronger? Why could I lift that last week? And I'm not, I'm not getting any stronger. What am I doing? Sounds like there's a reason for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it really, it really is um, just the phases that we're going through. So We actually have four phases that we go through every single month. And the really cool thing is, because it's easy for for us to remember, the phases are so similar to the seasons of mother nature, spring, summer, winter, or fall, winter. If you can kind of think of those like seasons and what we typically do in those seasons, especially if you live in a, you know, like Canada, where we very much experience the four seasons and you guys would as well. Oh yes, very Um, much so. Yeah. So there's very distinct phases and you feel differently in those seasons you do different things you typically eat different things even you cook differently you dress differently like everything is different right well that is happening inside of our bodies basically every single week and if we can just start to like acknowledge that and even start to plan for it our life can feel so much easier because We can get rid of that negative self-talk. We can just be so much kinder to ourselves. We can plan things out better. So you wouldn't be planning out like this crazy work week scheduling in like podcast interviews every single day when it's your menstrual phase. Cause you would know, okay, my menstrual phase, like I gotta, I gotta take care of my energy, energy levels. Like think about it when we are in our menstrual phase, like we are, we're bleeding, we're shedding the lining inside of our body. Like that takes so much energy and effort. And then here we are trying to do a cardio workout and restrict our calories and do everything on our to-do list and go out to dinner that night and stay up late with the kids and get up early at 5.00 AM the next day, even though we're exhausted but we do it anyways. Right. Because we don't want to yeah. use our period as a reason as to why we can't perform to our like top ability. That was right. me
0: anyways. <laughs> well, and there's probably a lot of people out there going now, like, well, that, that sounds like a luxury. That sounds like a luxury to be able to, you know, decide how I feel on any given day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's the reality is we, we have the ability to do that you know, and I always say, well, okay, I'm a, I'm a good example of someone who has a lot on their plate. I've got four children. I'm working as a registered nurse. I've got an online business. Like I've got a full plate, but I'm still able to shift things throughout the month. So that when it comes time for my menstrual phase, there is space. I'm, I haven't jam-packed my calendar. And it's just kind of this natural thing that starts to happen because you take advantage of your high energy phases. You you do a lot of things when you're in that high energy phase so that naturally when you kind of come down to the fall and winter phases, you actually feel like, oh, wow, I do have some space. So it's something that you kind of work on over time. But once you kind of get it in your head that like, I don't need to be this, I don't need to try to be the same person week to week. Like it's okay for me to feel a certain way and I can lean into that and use it to my advantage.
0: So what's the first step to starting to identify these phases in ourselves? Obviously one of the phases is extremely clear, but what about the other ones?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's some really great apps that you can download that will actually tell you which phase you're in based on when you started bleeding. So, when you have like your period so day 1 is always the first day that you start bleeding because some women don't even realize that they think that it's actually when their bleed stops that's the beginning but it's actually not it the okay. beginning is when you bleed um but i always kind of think of that almost as the end because the work that we do on ourselves in the other phases by the time you get to your period it's going to it's going to be really clear if you were living in alignment with your cycle, because if you are suffering from PMS, if you are feeling like really exhausted, if you're feeling super irritable and just like not, cause you can still feel really good, even though you have low energy levels, right? Like you can still feel really good and mm-hmm. feel tired. But if you're someone who is struggling with PMS, struggling with cravings and just like really that period of the month, no pun intended is really awful. That's kind of a sign that what you've been doing in the previous phases aren't working for you because the work that we do leading up is like our, the, our period is like our fifth vital sign. So are you living in alignment with your cycle or are you not, are, are you treating your body right in all of the other phases? Have you, you know, eaten the, the appropriate foods? Have you moved your body in a way that's nurturing those energy levels or have you been pushing 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 because then your period's going to show up and she's going to tell you whether or not you have been or not
0: well i'm going to use the analogy that you used earlier which is if you use your kids as an alarm clock you know where you're like startled like well no no wonder you feel bad because you haven't been you're not i don't know expecting and anticipating and you know, flowing with the changes in your body, and your cycle, as opposed to just like one day you wake up, you're bleeding, you you didn't anticipate it. And, you know, now you're just all thrown off. So it's like, yeah, like all of a sudden your body's reacting in a way that you haven't prepared for. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why like So the menstrual phase is obviously like your winter phase, right? I think that's kind of obvious, but the, the fall phase is called the luteal phase. And that's about the 10 days or so before your period. So this is typically when women feel the most like hormonal and PMS. And, you know, if you talk to women who are open enough to, to talk about their cycle, they will kind of say like oh yeah like the week before my period i'm a raging bitch like i am i feel out of control i eat all the food like i my cramps are so bad i have spotting like those are all signs that you have a hormonal imbalance that you're not living in alignment with your cycle we're not supposed to feel like garbage every single month we're not supposed to feel like a raging bitch every month like we're supposed to feel really good all month long but we're going to feel different all month long. Um, but in that luteal phase, so that 10, 10 to 14 days before your period, that's almost like our nesting phase. Like before you're, before you have a baby that like sort of last trimester, you're in that nesting phase where you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm gearing up, I'm getting ready. I'm getting the house ready. And even if you think of fall, what do we typically do in fall? We're cleaning up the yard. We're putting away the patio furniture. Like it all aligns. It really all does align. It's crazy, but we ourselves are getting our bodies ready to go into winter. We're, we're getting ready to go hibernate for a few days. And when I say hibernate, like you still have to feed your kids. You probably still have to (laughs) go to work. Like you have to do all the things, but there's actually a lot of things you don't need to do. Like you don't need to get up at 5.00 AM and bust out a workout. Like that's not going to support your hormones and your energy level. So it's all just about kind of like prepping yourself, getting things ready, choosing like nourishing foods that are actually going to help you get rid of PMS. It's actually going to help you to, um, you know, like get rid of the, the extra estrogen that might be lingering in your body because the the extra estrogen that can kind of lead to like spotting. Cause that's just old blood that needs to come out that didn't actually get released in your previous bleed. So there's just so many things you can start to do once you actually dive in and, and nutrition is huge. Movement is huge. And even just the way that you're like honoring yourself on a daily basis to just, um, get ready for the next phase. And even in the, the higher energy phases of our cycle. So after our bleed, we go into spring, right? And that is that's something that most women can kind of relate to is like, okay, my period's done. Like, all right, now I feel kind of like a badass again. And I'm feeling like pretty. My skin's glowing. Like, I feel really good. I feel like connected to my husband again. Like, all is well. And I always think of it almost like as Dorothy when she hits the yellow brick road in the beginning of Wizard of Oz. And she's like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so excited about what's to come. Like, this is wonderful. And she's so hopeful and positive. That's us in our spring and summer phases. So the kind of the two weeks after our period, we're just like, everything's full of hope and promise and wonderful things. And then we kind of go back down into our fall and our winter. So that's kind of like a little rough idea of it.
0: Okay. Can you name some of the apps that you would suggest like trying out to try to give this a shot?
1: Yeah. So a great app that I use is called MyFlow. So M-Y-F-L-O. And it will, you will just put in the day, the first day of your last bleed. And then it will give you a little calendar. So you'll be able to see, okay, here's when I'm going to be in my follicular phase. This is when I'm in my ovulatory phase. Uh, And it actually gives you some direction too, about what you should be doing in those phases. So it's a great app. Another app that I really like is called Moody, M-O-O-D-Y. And it's really good as well.
0: Interesting. And you have some resources to kind of get more into this topic too. How can people find those?
1: Yeah. So in my Instagram bio, so um, my Instagram is Megan Rumpel four, and I have a freebie in my bio, which actually will give you some starting steps on how to start to align your life with your cycle. So just some like really simple things because you can't start aligning everything. Like that's just too overwhelming. And the idea of this is that it should, it shouldn't be something more that you add to your plate and something else for you to do, it actually, once you implement, you will see that you're taking things off of your plate and you're actually creating more time and more space for yourself. I always kind of laugh when I'll hear women say like, oh yeah, we're going away on vacation. Like I can't wait to just go on vacation and just not do anything and just relax. Like I'm going to just like totally take just relax and do nothing. Right. And I'm thinking, why is it that we only do that once a year or twice a year? Like, why don't we give ourselves permission to do that more often? And the thing with cycle syncing and living in alignment with your cycle is that you actually should be doing that every single month. There is a time and a place. To be a go getter and an overachiever and do all the things. But there's also a time where you need to sit back, take care of yourself, take things off your to do list, and actually take care of your energy levels and your hormones.
0: What would you say has been the biggest difference that this has made for you? So many, I'm sure. So
1: many, but I think that if I were to ask my kids, they would, and I have asked them actually. So I'm more calm. I'm way more chill and easygoing because I'm kinder to myself. I'm not, I'm not beating myself up anymore. I used to beat myself up so much. Like, why can't I do what I was doing last week? I felt so good last week. Why do I feel different this week? And that, that just always led to self-sabotage and I was getting nowhere fast. I was just constantly kind of a few steps forward and then a couple steps back and Now I would just say, I'm just kind of on this like path that feels really good and fun and exciting. And I love that we're different versions of ourselves. I think that's really cool. And when we can tap into that, it just, it feels normal and it feels like, oh, our period isn't a curse. Like when, when mother nature designed us, she wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to punish you guys. Like you wait, like, (laughs) something's coming when you, you know, you become a woman, like I'll show you how much life can suck. Like, that's not, that wasn't her intention. She gave us this gift. Like we were given this incredible gift. Unfortunately, we just haven't used it for what it's been given to us for. And, you know, whoever created us is probably sitting there thinking like, gosh, darn it. Like, I thought they would take advantage of this incredible tool that I gave to these women. Like th- this is so great. And they're, they're all thinking it's a curse and it's hindering them when really it's our greatest tool.
0: Well, and I love the idea too um, to have this information when you're the mom of daughters, you know, I don't see you as the parent who's going to hand your daughter a book and walk away. no,
1: <laughs> no. And that was a big driving force actually, because I have two girls, um, two girls, two boys. And I wanted to know this information for myself, but I also, I just like, I knew that if I could teach this to my girls and even my boys, like I, you know, I want them to understand it as well. If I could teach them this right away, how much easier would their life feel? How much more connected would they be to their bodies at such an early age, instead of thinking that, you know, it's gross and there's something wrong with them and why do they feel a certain way? And instead I can empower them and I can show them just how like amazing they are and how beautiful they are and how perfect they are just as as they were created and give them these gifts and, and kind of do it alongside them as well. And instead of them learning this in their 30s, like I was, <laughs> they will just automatically always know like, oh yeah, like I, uh, uh, duh, like we watched, we watched our mom do this. We totally, we totally know why we feel this way and, and they can educate their friends and it can just kind of be this ripple effect. So that was really a big driving force. And then I'm just the type of person that when I've discovered something and when I feel excited about something, I just have to share it with like anyone who will listen. <laughs>
0: Well, it seems like this information has also empowered you, especially when you were talking about, um, you know, your kids being a mirror, it's helped you like yourself better. And in turn, like your kids better. I think that's such a relatable thing that you mentioned about sometimes wondering how much you really like your kids and being afraid about how you feel about your kids sometimes. Can we dive into that a little?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we can. This was something that I had so much guilt for thinking. And I remember the first time I admitted it out loud, I thought, oh gosh, like, you know, these women that I'm admitting this to, they're going to think I'm horrible. And in, instead they all were like, oh my God, I feel the same way. Like, so I knew that this was something that I needed to stop being so ashamed of having felt because I, I believe that we've, a lot of us have felt that same way. Um, but I really went through this period where I just like questioned whether I even liked my children. Like I knew I loved them, right? Because I created them and they're here. It's like, obviously I love them, but like, I didn't feel like I was enjoying them and I didn't like being around them. And I almost was always just like looking forward to them going to bed so I could be alone. Or if someone would take them for the day, it was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, so I just started really questioning, do I even like these little people? And what? happened was just this aha moment all of a sudden out of nowhere. And it was like, oh my gosh, it's not that I don't like them. It's that I don't like how I feel when I'm with them. And that was a big difference. And it, I just remember like kind of crumbling and crying, realizing like, okay, I do, I really do like them, but it's me. I I don't like, I don't like how I am when I'm with them. I don't like how I show up. I don't like how I feel. And And again, it was because I was so disconnected. I was just so focused on doing all the time instead of just being.
0: Oh, that is so relatable. I just feel that in my soul because it just, yeah, sometimes gosh, I mean, even this weekend, my five-year-old, and I've complained about him many times in this podcast and I love him dearly, but like, he's just like in a super whiny phase and like we were sledding and he would just take it so personally when, you know, his brother would like go farther on the sled than him. And he just whines and calls himself a loser. And I'm like, where do you even like, where does a five-year-old learn that word? Like no one's called him a loser anyway. And I'm just like, God, I just don't like him when he's like this. And then you're like, how could you not like a five year old, what's the matter with you? I wonder if the whole time I was like, man, I wish I was inside, like on my phone, and it wasn't cold out. And like, I don't know, like my gloves are cold and like my hands are cold, you know? And like, yeah. it's not about him whining in that moment. It's about like me being disconnected from being present to him outside sledding.
1: Yeah. And there's something I've, I've read it before like, we need to, we need to love our kids just as much when they're um, whining and complaining and fighting and not listening as much as when they're being so well-behaved, right? And we need to feel that same amount of love for them. And I mean, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't, because they were triggering me so much because I had so much work to do on myself.
0: Ah. Uh. Okay. Well, I think, I think this conversation has been really, really good to, to start thinking about being present and to start thinking about showing up the way that makes you feel good to show up. And then it sort of has a ripple effect throughout, you know, your interactions with everyone. Yeah, it definitely does. Do you have like a mantra that you brought into this year? I know you had one for last year. Is there anything that's guiding you into 2022?
1: Um, I don't know if there's a mantra or anything but I'm really excited this year to like step into the person who I actually want to become. I actually get to decide who I want to be and how I want to show up and I used to have guilt clearly I used to, I have a lot of guilt that I hold on to about things but I was always like no, I'm fine the way I am. Why I don't need to be better or different. Like I I'm good the way I am, but there's just so much power to leveling up in any and all areas of your life. So this year, I'm just like fully giving myself permission to um, get really clear on who do I want to be and what qualities do I want to have? And what kind of an impact do I want to leave on other people, but also to my children, and just really doing the work to step into that.
0: Yeah, I like that very much. How can people get a hold of you, um, follow you on social media, those kinds of things?
1: Yeah, so really just Instagram. I mean, I'm on Facebook as well, but Instagram is where I hang out the most. Um and, you know, you can send me a DM. I'm always I'm always happy to chat. I love connecting with women. I love hearing women's stories. I love just just sharing anything that I can share. And I always am trying to share about, you know, our feminine energy and our cycle and how I really just always just giving it away. Like this is what you should do in this phase. And so I think you can learn a lot just from following people on social and just really absorbing their content. And that's what I hope to do for other women is just give, give, give so that they can start to make even the slightest little change can be so big. It's never these big changes we make. It's always these like tiny little compounding things that we implement that end up being the biggest game changer.
0: So true. Well, thank you for sharing your story here today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to On a Mother Level, the podcast for moms who can relate. I'm your host, Denise Sinitka, and you can find me on Instagram at DeniseWQAD and find the show page at On a Mother Level. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.